Hi, everyone, and welcome to the State of State Schools podcast. I'm your host, John Stamper, Christian author, former homeschooler, and former public school teacher. Once a week, I'll give a quick recap of the most important headlines in education and pull back the curtain on what's really happening in our kids' schools. If you're a teacher, parent, or homeschool family, this podcast is for you. Thanks for listening, and let's get started. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode number 50. Everything in this episode comes from the week of December 4th, 2023. Here are the headlines. One way that activist teachers are lying to parents. School officials say that detransitioning is harmful. A Colorado school let an 11-year-old boy sleep with girl classmates on a field trip. And is Christmas racist? Story number one. In episode 49 last week, I discussed a Gender and Sexualities Alliance Club in Southern Illinois that was raising money to buy chest binders for a female club member behind her parents' back. Well, another similar story just came out thanks to a group called Parents Defending Education. Parents Defending Education does an awesome job of submitting public records requests all over the country in order to get documents and emails of public school employees. And that's something everyone can do. So parents, if you want to know what's going on in your school district, visit the Freedom of Information Act government website and look up how to issue a public records request. The link is in this episode page. So here's what Parents Defending Education found in their recent request. In Southern Illinois at Redbud High School, there was a Gender and Sexualities Alliance Club, a GSA. They're often called diversity clubs, LGBTQ clubs, equity clubs, or affinity clubs, but This particular club was renamed and given the name Bubbles. Yes, Bubbles. That was the name of this school's club. But why would they change the name to Bubbles if it's about gender and sexualities? Well, I'll give you one guess. To hide it from parents, of course. They changed the club's name so parents didn't find out that their kids were being brainwashed and groomed at school. Not only was this club renamed, to keep parents out of the loop, but the club's sponsor, who was a teacher at the school, purposely did not invite parents to club meetings. So this club sponsor was emailing back and forth with other club sponsors at other school districts, and they were all discussing the different ways they keep parents in the dark when it comes to these gender clubs. One teacher at Waterloo High School, which is the same district from last week's Chessbinder story, a teacher at this school asked, about what online platforms are best for restricting parent access for kids who don't want their parents to know what's going on. And the Redbud teacher replied, quote, we use Google Classroom. I don't invite parents, though. In the beginning, we named it something that did not identify the group, but the kids knew what it was. Bubbles was what they came up with. Kind of random, but they all knew. Good problem to have, though. Are you getting an increase in allies or students that identify as LGBTQ? We really need more allies in our group, end quote. So here we have multiple teachers across multiple districts in America's heartland talking and sharing the best ways to remove parents from their child's life or their child's education. And don't lose sight of the subject area here. This is all about gender ideology, gender theory. Boys can become girls. Girls can become boys. Sexual orientation, sexual preferences, chest binders, packers. It's all unbelievably inappropriate. And parents are being undermined 
so that adults at the school can talk to their children about stuff like queer sex. It's sick. But to this school's credit, this redbud teacher no longer works there. And the school's superintendent said, quote, this district does not support whatsoever keeping anything from our parents. It's not going to happen here, end quote. Okay, that's good. But it did happen there. And it was happening for a while before anyone knew about it. So what's to keep it from happening again? And as always, by the time you find out about it and shut it down, the damage is already done. So do you think these kids who've been in these clubs just magically forget everything the club sponsors have been telling them? I don't think so. Parents in this situation really have an uphill battle because once they find out about everything, then they have to unindoctrinate their kids who've been conditioned to think that their parents are the bad guys. So it's a real serious battle. Now, that's why I'm trying to share this info so that, you know, if you're in the public school system or private schools for that matter, so that you know what to look out for. Of course, my preference is to homeschool your children with a biblical worldview. So if you can do that, great. But if not, you have to be a diligent watchdog. Story number two, school officials in Essex Westford School District in Vermont say that detransitioning is harmful to trans students. Now, let me say that again because it's a little confusing. School officials in this Vermont school district claim that, quote unquote, detransitioning is harmful to, quote, trans students. Now, detransitioning is, say, for example, when a boy says, hey, I'm a girl and I'm going to use a girl's name and I'm going to go to the girl's restroom, etc. Okay, that's transitioning. But then eventually they say, ah, never mind, I'm really a boy. And they go back to being a boy. That's detransitioning. So transitioning is when a boy says, hey, I'm a girl. And then detransitioning is when that same boy comes back and says, ah, never mind, I'm a boy. It's a word salad. And I put everything in quotes because it's not a real thing. Humans can't actually change their sex or change their gender. The two are directly linked. Uh, we've covered this before. Anyway, what am I talking about? Well, this school district in Vermont, like most public school districts in America, has an equity policy. And their equity policy requires everyone in the district to affirm the LGBTQ plus lifestyle. And one way the school district affirms the LGBTQ plus lifestyle is by celebrating Pride Month every year. It's on their district calendar. Also on the calendar is the Transgender Day of Visibility. So you see the rabbit hole and the slippery slope you quickly go down when you look into these equity policies. And this is just about the trans issue. This doesn't get into the racial or religious issues. Other notable days on this district's calendar are Atheist Day, the Buddhist Nirvana Day, the World Day of Social Justice, and of course, School Board Appreciation Month. Yes, a month-long recognition of the school board members. So all these special days are on the district's calendar. But one concerned parent emailed the district requesting that they add one more new day to the district calendar, Detransition Awareness Day. This is for students who've quote-unquote transitioned but want to return to their natural God-given gender, detransitioning. Well, district officials denied the parent's request because, as they stated, implying that transitioning genders is damaging, does not align with the school's equity policy. 
because the school's policy is that gender transitions are great and healthy. The school administrator replied to this parent saying, quote, detransition can be hurtful to transgender people and youth. We want to meet their mental needs, end quote. So school officials say that, quote unquote, transitioning genders is not harmful and that encouraging students gender confusion and pushing them into gender delusion, that actually meets the mental needs of the students. That's why they affirm it 100% of the time. But detransitioning, absolutely not. That's harmful to students. So it works one way, but not the other. This is known as hypocrisy or having a double standard. But this concerned parent didn't stop there. In addition to their request for D-Trans Awareness Day, they requested that a copy of Abigail Schreier's book, Irreversible Damage, be placed on an easel in the school library. And by the way, I've recommended this book many times. It's an outstanding book on the transgender craze. I suggest everyone reads it, especially if you have daughters. Well, the school also denied the book request, saying that, quote, the book actually goes against our equity policy and can cause harm, end quote. The parent brought up a great point by saying if D-Trans Awareness Day is harming the trans community, does Trans Awareness Day harm the cisgender community? Now, cisgender, for those who don't use this pretend language of gender ideology, cisgender means you identify with your birth gender. So if you were born a man, you're a man. That's cisgender. And it happens to be considered a privileged and oppressive identity. So to summarize, this public school's equity policy requires them to celebrate homosexuality and to promote gender transitioning as good and healthy lifestyles. But acknowledging your actual sex, your actual gender at birth, that's harmful and it's dangerous and it's exclusive. And we just can't have anything to do with that. So my big point is parents and teachers, there's a 99.9% chance that your school has some sort of equity policy or diversity, equity, and inclusion policy. So take some time and read it. Go down the rabbit hole, see what it actually means, and get to know your school's calendar and speak up about this stuff. Because if you don't address it, then it's going to continue. It's going to get worse and worse. And that's how we got in this mess in the first place. Story number three. You may have heard this one, but a school in Colorado gave permission for an 11-year-old boy to share a bed with an 11-year-old girl on a cross-country school trip. Now, this school reassured parents before the trip that boys and girls would not be allowed onto each other's floors, let alone inside each other's bedrooms or sleeping together in the same bed. So if that was their policy, then why would the school allow this boy to sleep with an 11-year-old girl? Well, because this 11-year-old boy said he was a girl. So this took place in the Jefferson County Public Schools in Denver, Colorado. The school's fifth graders went on a cross-country field trip to Philadelphia and Washington, D.C., and for the trip, boys and girls were separated and assigned to rooms on different floors, boys with boys and girls with girls. But in the land of diversity, equity, and inclusion, gender delusion overrides biology and changes the meaning of words. Now, when the school said that boys and girls would not be allowed to visit each other's floors, parents just assumed that everyone was using the same definition of boy and girl. Big mistake. 
Nowadays, you are what you say you are. That's proof enough. So for this boy, he simply said he was a girl and poof, he was sleeping side by side in the same bed as an 11-year-old girl. Now the boy's parents even told the school that their son was in quote-unquote stealth mode and nobody was supposed to know he was really a boy. So think about that. One set of parents get to lie to everyone else in the school district and subject everyone else's kids to their delusion. And the school district doesn't say a word. The top priority is the trans community. Now, why do they get special treatment? What about the rights and privacy of every other student and family? None of the fifth grade girls knew about any of this and neither did any of the parents. In fact, this boy didn't even go to the same school as the girls he was rooming with. Now, nobody found this out until the boy told the girl he was sharing a bed with that he was, in fact, a boy. So the girl immediately went to the bathroom, called her mom, who happened to be along for the trip, and it ended up that the boy was moved to his own room just to have his own space. But the school staff didn't tell the other students why this student was being moved. So let's recap the situation. First, the school tells parents repeatedly that boys and girls will be separated, but they do not mention that the school adheres to the lie of transgenderism. And any boy that says he's a girl, the school will consider that boy to be a girl. Second, the school respected the wishes of this boy's parents, but not the wishes of every other family in the district. Why the favoritism? And third, the parent response to this situation was, please just clarify your trans policy. There were no suspensions or firings that I know of. So how could parents in this school district have prevented this situation from happening? Or at least how could they have known it could happen? Well, they could have looked and should have looked at the school's transgender student policy. It's on the district's website. It says, plain and simple, all of their policies are based on gender identity and not biological sex. That applies to bathrooms, locker rooms, and apparently even the bedroom. Now, their policy states that every student and family has a right to keep their quote-unquote trans identity a secret from everyone else. And to share that information would violate state law. The school policy says that, to the extent possible, gender-separated activities should be eliminated. Every parent in the district should have known about this policy. Now, I feel for this little girl, and I feel for her parents. They clearly did not want to be a part of this boy's gender confusion. And if this happened to my little girl, I don't know how well I would handle it. But the policies are right there for everyone to read. And just about every public school in the country is going to have very similar language in their policies. So parents, read your school's trans policies or DEI policies. If they say things like, quote, corresponds to their gender identity or, quote, gender identity is different from their assigned gender, if you are seeing that kind of stuff, then your school is woke. And they're going to show favoritism toward the LGBTQ community and every other demographic that claims to be marginalized, you know, based on their intersectionality. Bottom line, if this isn't motivation enough to homeschool your kids, I don't know what is. Story number four, one public school district in Michigan is telling its teachers to decenter Christmas. That's right. Holt Public Schools in Holt, Michigan, 
sends an annual memo reminding its staff to review the meaning of decentering Christmas. But what does decentering Christmas mean? And why do they want to do this? Well, decentering from Christmas means to remove the colors green and red because green and red are associated with the Christian holiday. And instead, they should decorate a winter-themed tree with plain white bulbs. Additionally, staff is advised to swap out the word Christmas and replace it with winter season. Now, getting rid of the word Christmas has been going on for decades. That's nothing new. Even though it's a national holiday celebrated by the large majority of Americans. But the new thing is saying that the colors green and red are racist or oppressive. It's insane. But it's straight from the atheist Marxist doctrine of critical theory or critical race theory. Critical theory says Christmas is the holiday of the oppressor. And critical race theory says Christmas is racist because it's celebrated by the dominant culture, which is white people. And by the way, 93% of Holt School District in Michigan is white. Yet the school still pushes the same ideology that says Christmas, Christianity, and whiteness are problems that need to be removed. The Liberty Council, which has representation across the country and in Michigan, works pro bono and demanded that Holt School District retract all their decentering Christmas memos or face additional action. The school has until December 7th today to respond. So let me ask you, does removing Christmas sound neutral? Saying that green and red are religious colors of Christmas and should not be used, is that neutral? Is calling whiteness a problem, is that neutral? My point is, don't be bullied into thinking that Christmas is racist or bad or oppressive. This is Marxism. It's a miserable ideology because it's void of God. And when you reject God, the only thing left is darkness. So if you're a Christian, celebrate Christmas. You have every right to be happy and joyful and tell people Merry Christmas. Anyway, that's all I have for you this week. That's the State of State Schools. Take care.